Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Queer. These are the episodes everyone's waiting for. The Ramones covers episodes. I want to shout out Danny Santana. We did the 53rd and 3rd episode. Ian K. We did the Commando episode. And today we are back with Now I Want to Sniff Some Glue, which is off Ramones' first album from 1976. And yeah, Metallica did a cover. I believe these were for international editions of the St. Angus singles. As always, you can follow me at MetallicaPod. You can get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, you want to discuss a song, I would love to have you. Patreon is there if you want to give back to the show, you want to, you enjoy the show. Um, basically, upload all the episodes there, and you can get a link directly to your phone. So if you want the episodes a week, two weeks in advance, I'm now doing two episodes a week as well. So there's a lot of material to go through, a lot of material that will be uploaded on there. iTunes is there. You want to leave us a review, subscribe on YouTube. Go back through the lists as well. Don't just check out those Ramones episodes. Check out all the other things we've done, all the top five, top tens, concert reviews, you know, all the songs, all the interviews, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, my guest today is someone that I've known for a little while now. You know, I met him from my other podcast that you guys may be familiar with, Battle Rap Resume. We started talking through that, and then I think I think I said on the podcast that I had been to Arc Tangent, which I mentioned on this show before, this incredible math rock festival in Bristol that I'll be going to this year as well. Any listeners that are going there, by the way, let me know. It'd be great to hang out. And uh, yeah, me and this guy sort of came to know each other through that. Actually went to a little few math rock gigs in Oxford subsequently. Dan, how's it going? Very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm very well, and you know, obviously we've spoken quite a bit. I know you're a giant music fan, and I wanted to have you on the show for that reason, but I don't know about you and Metallica. What is that relationship like? Yeah, so they're a band that I like. I, I like Metallica, but they're not a band that I tend to yeah. listen to, think not, to not listen enough, to a lot. Not enough weird time signatures, right? <laughs> Potentially, I do have some quite weird taste in music, yeah, <laughs> and like some pretty obscure stuff. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm probably not like uh, as in tune with the kind of the the older bands that kind mm. of influenced a lot of the bands that I listen to now um, in terms of like knowing their entire back catalogs and that sort of thing. But um, they're, you know, a band that, you know, I've got a lot of respect for what they've done. They're clearly, you know, an immensely talented band. I saw them at a festival quite a long time ago now. And um, yeah, they on like an amazing show mm-hmm. and i mean any any early memories i mean you know normally i've got the diehard fans here who you know as, <laughs> as, as they're being pushed out of their mother's birth canal enter sandman was ringing like do you, do you have any uh you know recollections from back in the day or well yeah actually so the kind of my path to getting into heavy music like in the, the very early stages of it was my uncle uh, was into a lot of heavy music, and he's a big Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone's so I, uncle is a big Metallica fan. It's kind of the rule. <laughs> yeah, that that could be true. Uh, so I can remember being like a kid, like really young, and you know, seeing I think posters up in his house, and he started like see him playing guitar because he played guitar a bit. So he'd mm. be doing his own like little versions of um, old Metallica riffs and things like that. So uh, they probably were one of the first you know metal bands that i was exposed to in that way and kind of knew a bit about and we're dealing with a ramones cover here ramones are a huge band for metallica and you know bands of metallica's era they always look up to these uh these punkers what, what do you think about the ramones it, it, almost it's almost a similar thing really and that i'm a big punk fan i like loads of punk music and i'm not as um knowledgeable about the kind of the origin bands of it um so they're not like from what I know of them, they're not exactly my kind of thing. But um, again, they were clearly, you know, 
big trailblazers. They influenced a lot of bands that yeah. I a bit more into, like Dead Kennedys and Black Flag and those sort of bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, you know, they were sort of, they've been described um, by some people as like you know the first proper punk band. Um, so you know, you can't really underestimate the role they've played in the evolution of that type of music. No, absolutely not. And Kirk Hammer, the lead guitar player of Metallica. I don't know if I have to say that. Like, I guess you know who Kirk <laughs> Hammer is, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but feel, feel free. You can you can uh, be as, as basic as yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so a riff is no. Um, and uh, you know, I think he said something like he felt that the Ramones invented downstrokes and that sort of stuff. Which you know, which which they, they did to a certain extent. And um, yeah, I, I agree. Ramones for me, as I said on past episodes, not really a big band personally. I find them a little irritating, <laughs> like the way they sing and play Mm -hmm. i find it slightly inane and i completely agree about black flag like for me punk is a little bit like jazz as a genre i like it as a catalyst as a sprinkling i like when it's transmogrified and weaponized like i've been listening to lots of black flag recently um you know their debut especially damaged which i think is a masterpiece and my war the follow-up and they're a really cool band black flag like you know they've got instrumental albums later on with henry rollins stuff like like whole sides where greg Jin is just going out into the deep waters there the sst bands Minutemen and husker do and and that sort of stuff but but yeah it cannot be understated how important Ramones are uh, to Metallica and beyond. And, it, you know, it's very cool that they did this cover. And I'm guessing you'd never heard this song before. You'd never heard this cover before because I certainly hadn't. No, no, definitely not. And I uh, certainly hadn't heard. Um, the, I might have heard the Ramones one in passing a yeah. long time ago, but I, I wasn't like aware of having heard it. And I definitely hadn't heard the Metallica version or even known that Metallica had done Ramones covers together. They've done a, a few of them over, few, the, yeah. over their years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. They have definitely dallages that, and they, you know, they definitely metallicanize the song. But it's quite faithful to the original as well. Like the way the Ramones were singing, they have this quite breathy, almost idiotic drawl to them. That <laughs> kind of needle. Like, I know there's going to be loads of Ramones diehards listening to this. Oh, they're gonna gonna be yeah, oh man, they're going to be. Wow, dying, you're right. risking but, the rap. <laughs> Um, but but let's get into the song then. The song's a very brief song. Um, I mean, lyrically, it's four lines. I'll read the lyrics mm. now. Now I want to sniff some glue. Now I want to have something to do. All us kids want to. We want to sniff some glue. All us kids want something to do. I mean, profound, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So it's. I guess the thing with Ramones is they are were very sort of stripped back, incredibly like simplistic bands. And I think like, I'd be surprised if they have many songs, at least from their their early stuff that was over like two minutes long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I say that you know even more than some of their other ones is very, uh, I guess, sparse lyrics. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, I don't know too much about the thinking behind it, but I think from what I have read about it before that, um, you know, they perhaps put a little more meaning into you know the interviews they've done since into the song and have sort of talked about it being a like a metaphor for other things yes yes i've also read the wikipedia article and <laughs> and it, you know speaking about the joey's being up the you know quest for personal meaning and the influence of peer pressure and dd actually said in an interview i hope no one thinks we actually sniff glue i stopped when i was eight years old and an interesting thing uh bookmark about this song that i didn't realize it was the inspiration for sniffing glue which you know uk music punk 
historians may be familiar with, one of the most famous and I think one of the earliest punk fanzines and often erroneously attributed to Sniffing Glue is, I don't know if you're aware of that sort of famous punk thing where it was like, this is a chord, this is another one, here's another one, now form a band. And, you know, that kind of sparked, you know, hundreds of imitators from that. Apparently that wasn't in Sniffing Glue, but a lot of people think that was in Sniffing Glue. So it's cool to see the song has had an influence on many, many things. But the track itself is, you know, it's got that kind of, well, it kicks off with some German counting down, which which adds a certain spark to it, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, indeed. I think that was um, a bit of a, a, well, not the German necessarily, but like a calling card for the Ramones was the four, three, two, one yeah. countdown, which I think they did in, well, at least live in like every song pretty much yeah. so maybe that was yeah a slightly different spin they were putting on it for uh for sniff some glue song mm-hmm. but it, you know it has that chuggy punk pulse and james sounds hungry on the top of it but one of the things that, that i really do dig about the song is it has kind of a i guess a proto thrash riff in the middle i guess you would call it a punk riff and i don't know if you're too familiar with kill em all metallica's debut mm. but it sounds like it could have came from that album you know, like it kind of sounds maiden-esque doesn't it it doesn't sound too punky to me yeah that bit actually almost works better in like metallica's yeah. style or sounds more like metallica's style than you you'd think it would the ramones really like if i think if i just heard the Metallica version first, I'd have assumed that they had almost put that in or changed that bit quite a lot because it really suits that chuggy, big metal sound they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, James intoned strongly on the top of the song. I do like that Kill em All inversion, as I say. And there isn't really much else to the song. It's a very brief song, um, you know, scant lyrically, as we said. doesn't even threaten two minutes. It's one minute 42. And, you know, Ramones mean a lot to the band. Uh, Kirk was influenced about, um, excuse me, Kirk was interviewed about Ramones. And he said, quote, I would come into contact with Johnny in the mid 80s and I was intimidated. I'd heard the legend how much of a hard ass he was but when we met in 1996 on Lollapalooza tour Metallica did with Ramones he was completely different he told me I never used to hang out with other bands because I considered them my competition now that the Ramones aren't together anymore I can hang out and feel comfortable he was enjoying his retirement he was getting into wearing his Hawaiian shirts my wife would buy for him he would call my wife and say you need to get me some more of those shorts it was really funny he's the godfather of punk rock and all he wants to do is wear Hawaiian shirts we watch old clips of Slade and The Move he turned me on to the Sonics and he loved Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath only the early stuff which you know is kind of telling isn't it and you can definitely hear this in this song there is that that metal DNA in the track yes yeah there the, the really is um, I think it's quite um, I'd be really interested talking about you know that they're not necessarily my thing as a band the Ramones I, I, I wonder whether I'd have a very different view if I'd seen them live for example because I've, I've seen a video of them playing now on a Sniff Some Glue live mm. And it's like a, it's a lot faster. Uh, yeah. It's got a lot more energy to it. And I wonder whether you know the kind of the early days of punk uh, was, you know, I think their first album was done very cheaply, and yeah. you know it's, it's got quite a very minimalistic production level to it. Um, and you know, it might, might, I think it might be the case that if you know you can, couldn't quite capture the real raw energy that, that punk has at live shows, so. Yeah, I'd love to have seen them live and see whether I would uh, have been a lot more into them mm-hmm. in that in that case. And the energy does come across in the track as well. You know, one of the big affectations of punk is the gang vocals. And we get yeah. that here in the track. You know, some laughing, some ad-libbing as well. It's quite infectious, the energy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it has quite a sort of 
slightly loose feel to it, which I think again comes with um, you know a, a band making their first album. I guess there was probably very little pressure on them as they were unknown at the time. Um, and yeah, it does sound like a band that I'm sure were, were having fun at the time. And, and just such an iconic band. Like I know we were pretty much the same age. Like certainly for me, growing up as a teenager, everyone seemed to have Ramon shirts. Yeah, well, and I think you can. There's been times you can buy them in. I'm just, I don't know, Primark or yeah. oh, yeah. oh, God, places yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, hot topic for our overseas listeners, but yeah, Primark is like the. Uh, I mean, it's beloved, but it's bottom of the barrel, isn't it? Well, yes, yeah. It's it's something that you definitely wouldn't associate with punk bands and, and t-shirts <laughs> a lot of the time. It's a no. uh, place is kind of taking an image uh, that they just kind of know is is popular without really. Yeah. People will buy that without really knowing the meaning behind it. I guess they, especially their logo, is one of those yeah. images that's kind of almost like transcended the band and that you see lots of other it's almost like people. the flag of punk isn't it that that image like yes yeah, one of them for sure that and the, the black flag t-shirt and stuff course, like that yeah, of course it's the sort of thing you see people doing other versions of like changing the letters to almost like yeah. making jokes about other things and yeah um yeah it's a very uh one of the one of the images you'd, you'd think of when you mentioned punk mm-hmm. yeah there's just a scuzziness to the song that i appreciate it reminds me very much of like tony hawk's pro skater soundtrack sort of thing and i'm pretty that certain was... ramones were in those games i know that blitzkrieg bop was in it and i think rock and roll high school i'm kind of pulling that on my ass but i remember hearing that song in one of the games and pretty much only on that game and um one of the cool things we have as well dan is uh live footage of the band playing this song it actually comes from dvd that could be found on fancan 5 um a secret gig at chemos with bob rock on the bass it's a very faithful rendition of what they already put to wax um what did you make of this live performance of the band it was really interesting. Um, it, I was hoping to ask you a bit more about this, actually, to see if you know the, the details of wh- where it was and, and what was going on with it, because it's a very, like, well, uh, perhaps fitting with the, the Ramon uh, things we've touched on before, stripped back gig. It looks like it's just in someone's garage somewhere. Um, the, I imagine you can't really see the crowd, but I imagine there can't be many people there because it looks like it's in this tiny room, the sort of place you'd never imagine you'd get the chance to see Metallica play because, you know, you can only really see them in stadiums or huge festivals. And I think that, that would, it looks like a sort of gig that would be incredible to see. I'd love to see a band like Metallica in that really small, intimate environment. Cause I, I think that makes for a much better live music uh, experience most of the time than than a kind of huge setting yeah this was in san francisco um this was a club called chemos i think it was june 4th yes june 4th 2002 where they did a lot of the ramones covers um and uh yeah they just kind of i think came out of nowhere i can't remember the exact context of what they did here but yeah they did like a, a 40 minute set where they mixed in some all-time classics like leper messiah and hit the lights you know these are songs that hadn't been played for like 10 years at this point with um the, they open with the four ramones covers commando which we've already covered on the show the today or love tomorrow the world which we'll cover towards the end of the run 53rd and third and now want to sniff some glue and then went into some more metallics and they even debuted dead kennedy rolls which went on to be um and you know again another hark there to the punk world but that became a later song and uh, no remorse die die my darling end of a misfits cover and and yeah you know it's fun james is sitting down kind of amidst that rehab recovery that's some kind of monster era and there's lots of banter between the band as well 
Kirk saying at the end that he really liked that one and uh, James saying that he wrote it and Kirk saying that's why I liked it and you know this back and forth this stage play that they always have and and it, and, and it is awesome to see and they really are enjoying themselves because these aren't complex numbers they could just flex their you know snarl really on this I don't really have to go outwardly uh, you know ambitious uh, in terms of the composition here it just kind of comes together nicely and um, you know there isn't too much else to say on this song because um, it is such a brief number and we kind of felt the same way when we've covered the other Ramones tracks as well it's just very cool that they got done but um, as we always do we open it up to the Twitter I should say you can follow us at Metallica Pod and you know every episode I'll always open it up to you guys see what your little well it's 240 characters now right not 140 but you know whatever your little brief impressions on and even on this song we got a bit of feedback nick mccoviak saying better than crete and hop which is another ramones cover sorry i forgot that one that me and him covered and uh yes yeah, certainly is rob saying metallica's original music is somehow more fitting to the ramones than their actual tribute to the ramones and sabracadabra saying i like it not too bad dan any any closing thoughts and now i want to sniff some glue i mean as you say it's, it's a pretty you know simple song there's not um like a huge amount to it. It's just one of those songs that I guess kind of sums up the very early um, feel of punk music mm-hmm. in its very formative stages. Uh, so, you know, even though it's not like musically hugely complex, it's a very catchy song. Uh, I, I've had it in my head today when I've been thinking about having this chat later. And it's one of those almost earworm type songs that when you, you think about it, <laughs> because there aren't many lyrics to it, that, you know, the, the few lines that are in it really go around in circles in your head. So, um, yeah, it's a fun song to listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not something of this ilk. We wouldn't hear at Arc Tangent, the uh, you know the Bristol Progressive Rock Festival. Uh, it will be booed <laughs> off stage, but it has a definite <laughs> charm in of itself. And um, let's get into the questions then, Dan. Your favourite Metallica song, if you've got one. Oh man, um, probably Seek and Destroy. I'd say okay. it's probably not like a too obscure a pick, but. Um, yeah, that, that's. I feel like that's one of the songs I remember, like my uncle playing when I was a kid and seeing him having a go at, at that riff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of associate that with them. If I was to put on a Metallica song, that's the, one of the go-to's. And what about an album by the band? Um, probably. I mean, I'm sure this is a boring answer as well, but probably Master of Puppets. Yeah. I'd say like that's the album I've probably listened to most. Um, and no, but more like battery. That batteries. That's I'm thinking the right one on it. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. first song. Yeah. That that's another contender for my favourite song by them as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Good choice, good choice. Um, what about favourite member of the band? Oh, you know, what? I I don't I couldn't really say in terms of a favourite member. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about them as like individuals. Like James Hetfield's and you know, uh, an amazing singer. And I guess I kind of you know he has that really iconic voice yeah. that, that stands out so in terms of like w- what i'd associate with metallica i, I i'd go with him but I, yeah i couldn't really pick too much can, dear listeners can you tell that dan is a metallica fanatic right now oh yeah and uh you said you saw them live before yeah i saw them at um a festival in belgium called rock Verkta, which oh, is oh cool um, quite, yeah 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 big festival out there it was about God, it was probably like 12 years ago now or something. It was quite a long time ago. Um, right. 2003, yeah. was it? Was it? I'm just I'm just Googling now. That seems to be one of the last times they played there. Oh, was it? Was that the same? Was Pearl Jam there as well? Ah, uh, oh, right. cool. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah. 
Um, yeah, there was a really strong lineup. There was loads of good bands there. Pearl Jam. It was always there. a strong lineup at that festival. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really ridiculous. It was one of those festivals where you just didn't know like where to turn or which stage to go to because there were so many good bands there. Yeah, Pearl Jam weren't there. They played ninety nine Rock Vector in two thousand and three and twenty fourteen. Oh, 2007. Oh no, here we go. Two thousand seven. 2007 yeah Pearl That's Jam right. played the 29th then Chemical Brothers headline the next day with Keen <laughs> wow Keen oh, big back then I think, I think I might have given Keen a miss <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah Metallica, Metallica played on the final day yeah okay yeah awesome that's that's a cool yeah there was yeah. so many good bands there yeah Metallica were, I can remember um, being there and that was probably the first really big festival I'd been to mm. and so you know, you're really getting into the spirit of things and staying up late and what have you. And I remember being so tired by the time Metallica came on because you know you've been stood up the whole weekend as yeah. well and everything. As I said, they were really good, but it was like th- like three hours long or something. Yeah. And I can just remember like being in pain by the end of it because I've been stood up for so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was the yeah that was the sick of the studio 2007, which is often these jaunts they do in between the records. And uh, yeah, look, I'm just checking the set list now. It looks like a fantastic set. Creeping Death open into Bells into Ride the Lightning, Disposable Heroes, Man in the Front, all the hits. Oh, they played a Ryan as well. That's very cool. Um, Whiplash got an airing. Oh, they played so many songs, quite a lot of obscure ones as, mm. as well. I think and. Uh, like I can't remember like they just seemed like a band that was having a lot of fun when they were on stage too yeah. like I can still remember they would, you wonder sometimes with big bands at a big festival sometimes you see bands that you think are you know are they going through the motions um and you know I can really vividly remember them that it wasn't the case at all they were you know really into it and they I, don't th- I think they would have carried on playing if they hadn't ha- literally had to stop like the organizers would have if they weren't being dragged off stage um, and uh, I guess finally, you know, if you do a podcast like Alf Metallica on a band, I know you're into lots of bands. Is there any you thought maybe I could do a show on them? Or... Oh wow, it'd be oh, it'd be so tough. Mm. I guess the the band that I'd probably look at doing, and this would be one that wouldn't get me a lot of listeners, Tom. This would be okay. really one for the purists. Um, there's a band called Cable who were uh, from Derby in the sort of like mid to late 90s i think they were around until maybe like around the millennium um yeah i think you mentioned kind of, them to me before briefly. i may have yeah. done yeah yeah if i talk to you about music <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to mention them as hey this is the most obscure pick we've ever had on the show i love it oh yeah well as i say i'm probably gonna, like is that I'm K- cable with a c or a k i'm gonna try and find them uh, so it's, it's with a c with cable a c. with a c um right. so quite a generic band name and there's yeah. a there is also a metal band called cable from America, right. I think you might be slightly more modern. They're not very well. They're yeah, they're not my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, the, is the this UK a downlift the obtrodden? Is that there? yeah? So that that was their first album. God, they have six hundred monthly listeners on Spotify. This, this who who the fuck are these guys, man? I tell you, man, they're obscure. Well, Let's I think the, the interesting thing with them, I think, is that they're at the time they they weren't huge, but they had quite a big following. They had. Yeah. Their biggest single was like on a Sprite advert, which was okay. all over the place in the 90s. But I think they were a band that essentially missed the, you know, they weren't around when streaming services came in. Mm. Um, they were quite a bit before that. So I feel like um, they've been almost forgotten by streaming services and that even though a lot of people would have listened to them in the 90s and there's some quite, um, you know, they're in the papers at one point because they got into a fight with Oasis at mm. uh, when Oasis were recording one of their albums in a music studio and, and all this sort of thing. 
but um, yeah, they're not really as known about now. They they came back a few years ago and did um, uh, a few sort of uh, like reunion type gigs as a sort of anniversary, which was amazing. But um, yeah, you don't hear so much about them now. <laughs> no, that that yeah, that's cool. And I think we've said before, like you know, we're, we're both really into our post rock and our math rock and stuff. And whilst it doesn't necessarily make sense to do you know like a toe podcast or a Caspian or Explosions in the Sky podcast, I think doing a podcast just about that genre and highlighting the great bands and albums and stuff like that would be really cool. I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah, I think. Um... So Arc Tangent Festival that you've, you mentioned um, mm-hmm. that we've both been to is just outside of Bristol and I think has been quite a sort of catalyst for that scene because it's a lot of a lot of different types of bands go there but they all have a, a kind of slightly weird element to them from whichever type of music they're a part of. They're kind of all the outside. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's kind of, if, the, if one thing was to tie it together, it would be like virtuosity. <laughs> yeah, that could be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think... There wasn't, uh, weren't too many places before Arc Tangent that had sort of found that strange link between all those types of bands and brought them together. Um, and yeah, I think a podcast about that would be would be great. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. Yeah, uh, if I do say so myself. But um, yeah, you know, maybe someone listening out there, yeah, can check that out in the future. I've just got so many. The reason I ask the questions because there's so many bands I want to do podcasts about and so many topics as well. And um, as said to you off air, I think I've spurred a few into action, such as podcast pod. I always struggle to say this podcast croissant uh, by uh, by Mike, <laughs> uh, which is a Faith No More podcast. Um, I don't really know Faith No More too well, like, like what I've heard, but it's so cool that they're doing that. And you know, I think there's a few of us, and I think someone said like you know, like a Green Day podcast. Like I'm surprised there isn't like there's not a Nirvana podcast. I'm not even a big Nirvana guy, but you would have thought must the, be. Yeah, there's not there's actually really not there's no yeah. Nirvana podcast that, that's a, amazing a, you know there's certain bands where they just haven't been hit yeah and it's just like that's fertile ground there's like you know there's like six Pearl Jam podcasts Pearl Jam are great but it's like yeah no Nirvana I don't think there's any Soundgarden um there's an the, again I used to like them when I was a kid I don't really like them anymore Oasis for example there is an Oasis podcast it's not very good I don't, I don't like it at all the guys are <laughs> very droney and the guy likes Be Here Now as well which is one of the worst albums <laughs> ever um but uh but yeah this has been great man i guess finally is there anything you'd like to promote you know anything you'd like to share uh not really to be honest mate no um uh, no i don't have too much to promote or anything like that i haven't got my own podcast yet maybe yeah you know like you said you, you uh if the ramones have been inspiring black flag and dead kennedys if you're inspiring these podcasts now yeah. maybe i have to get started on one <laughs> no well, you know if that does happen let me know we can put you out there and um you know if you enjoy listening to us chat as well you can hear me and dan on battle rap resume my other podcast i should say as well in terms of music podcasts i have recently rebooted i don't think it'll technically be online yet but it will we have recorded the return episode of my tom waits podcast down in the hole uh we are coming back for a, a, a monthly show and i'm really happy to report that tom waits drummer in the 70s is coming on the show chip white he's agreed to come on the show so we've got some crazy guests line up so um yeah watch this space guys as always follow us at metallica pod get in touch with metallica pod at gmail.com ramones fans i'm sorry if i've offended you <laughs> you know uh there's certain bands i don't like <laughs> out there and certain bands i love as well and i love you all for listening uh patreon i say give back to the show itunes leave a review yeah thanks everyone for listening again dan thank you sir absolute pleasure good luck with your epic metallica quest <laughs> <laughs>